when I talk to practitioners from other countries or even what I read about, other countries do not utilize ice as a modality like how we do in the U.S. In the U.S., we ice almost everything and we continue to ice it for a long period of time. And that's completely different from how other countries utilize the ice modality. If you are constantly icing everything all the time, you're always sore, your body's breaking down, and you're not realizing your true performance because you have all of these aches and pains and ailments, misusing ice as a modality is one of the most common things that I see when I work with athletes suffering from serious injuries or long-term chronic injuries and pain. So if that's you and you're icing all the time after every practice, every game, you're definitely going to want to listen into this episode. Welcome to the HNL Movement Podcast, where everything is geared to leveling up your performance in activities, sports, and life. Join me in my professional journey as I share my knowledge and experiences while also learning from professionals, colleagues, clients, and you with one goal in mind, how to optimize human performance. This is the right place to learn how a multidimensional approach will sustain the performance and lifestyle you desire. Welcome back, everyone. I hope you are having a great week. And we're back with another episode. And today's topic is all about ice. Ice as a modality. Being a certified athletic trainer, through my education, I was taught how important ice was. It's a very important, simple modality that can help speed recovery, uh, help with inflammation, help make your athletes perform optimally. But as I went through my career, there's a lot of research and, and data that says otherwise. And that's what I want to talk about today. And really the problem that I see is that we just slap on ice to whatever sore, whatever the problem area is. And we really don't understand or we don't educate the athletes on why, what, when, where, who, who should be icing, all of these things. And it just becomes almost habitual that they're just after any type of activity, they're just going to throw ice on their knee. They're just going to throw ice on their shoulder. And really what we have to do is see what is ice really doing for them at that point? And what is ice effective at doing in the body physiologically? But also, is it helping them to address what will help to optimize their performance? Don't get me wrong. I'm not against icing. I just think ice is oftentimes misused. And there are other things that will probably make a bigger effect on helping the athlete stay healthy and perform better. So ice, ice is definitely a good modality. And it's definitely very, very crucial for acute injuries. Anytime that we sustain an ankle sprain, a knee injury, you know, hopefully not, but a fracture or some kind of contusion, right? You want to get ice on there as fast as possible because ice will start to slow down everything. And a lot of us already know this, but ice, it really causes everything to slow down. It causes decreased circulation, vasoconstriction, slows down all metabolism locally in that area. This includes nervous system function, so it starts to decrease pain. It slows down everything, including lymphatic drainage. Basically, in that local area, all cellular communication flow is all decreased, uh, much slower than normal rates. Now, why is this important is because... Oftentimes, we need that inflammatory process to start to help to aid in the healing process. That's a requirement. But what happens is the body oftentimes overdoes it for any injury. 
And more often than not, your body is going to overdo, overcompensate during that inflammatory phase. And you don't want excessive swelling to be present. You just want just the right amount of inflammation to help to uh, expedite and speed up the process of healing. So the key point here is that what I use ice for, and this is what I educate a lot of my athletes and clients on, is definitely for acute injury. Acute injury because we know that once that rush of all the inflammatory markers and all of those processes start, we don't want the body to overdo it. So acute injuries to try to minimize excessive swelling. We want just the right amount of swelling. And the second thing what I use ice for, and this is kind of across the board, is I use ice to control pain because we know that ice is going to provide that effect on the nervous system, your nociceptors to decrease the pain signal and make whatever injury that you just suffered more manageable. So the two things, minimize excessive swelling and it's good to control pain. And again, this is a pretty simplistic perspective of what ICE is actually doing, but it's very effective and it's easy for my athletes to understand. Now, what is the misconception, I think, is that ICE doesn't reduce swelling if it's already there. And this is the misconception whenever you do activities, especially if it's very far out, this is long-term care already, and you're still getting some inflammation. That's a whole different story. That's another issue that you have to battle. It's not just slapping ice on there to try to reduce inflammation at that point. And I'll touch on that part in the later half of this episode. So ice doesn't reduce swelling if it's already there. So for example, let's say you sprain your ankle, a pretty good one. And you didn't slap on ice in the beginning, so excessive swelling got into your ankle joint. Now it's ballooned up. You can't even see your foot or your bones. And what happens is if you wait maybe two, three days and the swelling is already there and you keep icing it, the ice is not going to help to reduce the swelling. In fact, when you ice that area, temporarily everything's going to slow down, including lymphatic drainage, venous drainage, and just circulation in that area. So when the ice is on there, you're actually promoting less circulation, less movement to flush out all of the things that need to be flushed out of your ankle. So if swelling is already there, ice will not really help that situation. Again, if it's sore and painful, Ice might help the pain a little bit, but we're not doing anything to get rid of that swelling that's already in the ankle. And that swelling could be causing majority of the pain. So you can see if you get stuck in this circle again, that your ankle's sore because it's so swollen, you slap ice on it, the ice kind of impedes how much the swelling can reduce, and then your ankle still stays sore, and you put ice on it again, and you're in that circle, that perpetuous cycle that you don't really get rid of the swelling. So ice does not reduce swelling that's already there. The next big issue in this same example is that ice will actually delay or impede the healing process because it will start to disrupt the cells necessary to get into your ankle to actually promote the healing response or go through that healing progression. And that is definitely what you don't want, especially when you're looking for a fast recovery and trying to get back to all of the things that you want to do. Now, a lot of people wonder, okay, but I've been taught to ice so much. And maybe you've even learned about whenever you sustain an acute injury, you want to follow that acronym RICE. RICE standing for R, rest, I, ice, C, compression, and E, elevation. Now, what's funny is, of course, we all learn that 
I learned that too in grad school, so in my master's program. And this term was coined by Dr. Gabe Merkin. And this was back in the 1970s. So in 1978, he wrote his sports medicine book and he termed that, that acronym RICE for acute injuries. Right after it's published, this is, you can Google this, you can find it online. Right after he published his book, he realized that that wasn't the most accurate acronym of how to care for acute injuries because of the ice component. He was not happy with how he expressed it and how he explained it because he gave this skewed perspective on how to use ice. Now, this is coming from the person that wrote it and got published in the book. But long story short, it got published. And this is nearly 40 or it is over 40 years later. It's still getting taught in all of our textbooks and all of the professionals that deal with these types of injuries and he has come out and said that it was a mistake he doesn't think that ice should be utilized in this fashion um, even complete rest we know now is not the way to speed up or shorten the healing process we want to have a lot of people call it as optimal movement or optimal loading to help the injured tissues to heal uh, at a at a better and faster rate. So we know that there's certain mistakes with how we use ice and how we manage acute injuries for a while. But just to hear it from the actual person himself, Dr. Gay Merkin, we now know that, okay, maybe we are misusing ice. And that's what I want to dive in further today. So now the question becomes, what does create an optimal environment for healing to take place not only just healing the tissue but making sure that you can return back to your level of activity or better or what we talk about a lot just performing at your optimal level before i go into some of the recommendations i want to share that i have seen unfortunately a number of times in my career where icing too much over icing actually kind of impeded how fast they would heal or if the tissue would even heal completely until something else is done. You need to try something differently. So for example, we've seen this all the time. I'll give a couple examples actually. Let's go do the ankle sprain. So for the ankle sprain, you might say, oh, my ankle is really swollen. It's still sore. This is maybe a week out and you're getting treatment. You're doing everything that you're you think you're supposed to do, right? But you're on maybe the five times a day icing plan. And this is not uncommon. So let's say you wake up in the morning, uh, you step down, everything's tight, right? So then it's a little painful. You get ready and then you slap some ice on your ankle for 10 to 15 minutes. And then you go off to school or go off to work, whatever it is. Let's say you do your morning tasks. You know, the ankle's feeling better as you're starting to move, but it's still swollen, still a little painful. So then at lunch, you slap on another bag of ice. And again, for another 10 to 15 minutes, and you're icing there. After you progress with your day, you get through the afternoon, maybe you do some rehab, whatever that is, in your athletic training room, maybe on your own, starting to feel a little better. After rehab, you slap on ice again. Then you go along with the rest of your afternoon. At dinner, let's say, okay, it's feeling a little better, still a little swollen, still a little sore. You slap on ice after dinner, 10 to 15 minutes. And then one last time before you go to bed, you ice one more time. I mean, that's typically what I have seen sometimes. I know this is a little extreme example, but this does happen because people are educated. You need to ice your ankle in order for you to feel better faster. I've actually seen cases like this 
And it wasn't until they stopped icing, that's when the improvement and the progress shot up exponentially. So my point here is that when you ice too much, you actually like have these little roadblocks and obstacles that impede the healing process because you just put on ice and it slowed everything down. Uh, the times that it could have gotten more circulation, get rid of the waste products out of that area, help to promote some drainage and swelling to reduce, you actually stopped that process and you made this huge hurdle for the healing to naturally occur itself. Now you also see on the other side, maybe it's a post-surgical patient, but they're maybe years out, two, three years out. So for example, knee surgeries, right? And after every practice or every game, anytime that they're doing any activity, they come and slap ice on their knee, right? Or you see a lot of times in throwers, overhead athletes, could be maybe a baseball player. Every time they have an outing, they go and use their arm, then it's slapping ice on their shoulder. And when you do this, it's kind of thinking, okay, what is the purpose of the ice at this point? But also, why is it that I need it? And a lot of times, you know, that's where you really have to sit down and see, okay, what's the best plan so your body can actually heal and recover the best possible after any activity. And that's what I want to touch on next is, so what's my conversation? What's the solution that I have for the clients and athletes that I work with is that not only understanding that ice is good for acute injuries to minimize excessive inflammation and to control pain, but it's also to make them see the big picture that ice beyond that, it doesn't, it's not the best tool to address some of the deficits. And many times what I see is that what needs to be addressed is your rehab plan. Maybe prehab, preventative, corrective exercises. How we're managing your training volume and load. Are you actually able to tolerate your weight room activities, your conditioning, your sport activities, everything else that you have to do throughout the day? Does that volume, is that appropriate for your capabilities and your threshold without going overboard and causing any type of irritation? Also, a big component is the recovery section. Are you doing enough to help you recover? Now, this is a different conversation because cold water therapy, ice baths, and things like that, I do think that has some value, more anecdotal than anything, but that's a separate conversation. But it's what are you doing to address proper recovery or adequate recovery for whatever your activity demands are. Another component, nutrition, right? If you are malnourished i'm not saying that you're not eating enough i'm talking about actual nutrients your vitamins minerals the balance of nutrients that you need are you hydrated there's a whole component of nutrition is that something that will help to aid in your recovery help to aid in your performance when you're practicing playing games and the bottom line is are we doing what is appropriate to increase your body's tolerance or threshold to whatever stress you're placing on your body. And this is everything from training to just how you're recovering, how you're sleeping and all of this. What shouldn't be happening is that we're just using ice as a crutch. Now, many times when we use ice as that crutch, it's masking all of the areas that we probably need to address, but we can't 
see that or we don't realize it because we're just using ice as that crutch. It's kind of that quick band-aid fix that just gets you just enough to that next practice, but then you're going to experience the same thing the next outing that you go out. The same types of discomfort, the same types of aches and pains, maybe even low-level inflammation, and then you slap ice on again, and it kind of didn't do anything to address the issue, but it's just that little extra crutch that you think is actually helping you. But in reality, it's not providing as much help as you think. Think of it like this too. If you had a scab, you know, we've all had a little scrape in an area that we use often, right? Think if you've had a scrape on your thumb or something, right? Where you got to grab things. Now, if you have a scrape and it's starting to heal and everything and a scab is starting to form, right? Now, in order for healing to take place, we want to be smart about how we're actually irritating or loading that damaged tissue as it's starting to heal, right? So if we have this scab here and you're using your thumb all the time and the scab never ever gets proper time to heal, form, and actually heal your thumb area, then that's not going to be ideal for you to actually get your skin to close up and actually be functional again, right? Now, if you're doing things like, let's say, picking at the scab or, you know, you got to do certain tasks that you're using your thumb so it doesn't actually heal. But all you do is you put a bandaid over it and the next day you do the same activities or pick at the scab again and put another bandaid over it. In this example, the bandaid is like the ice. We're not actually doing what's best to allow that tissue to heal, but we're just putting this quick fix over it, right? In this case of the scab, it's the band-aid, but we're not doing anything else to take care of it. We just rely on the band-aid, hoping that everything will heal fine. But it's the same concept whenever you have chronic or more subacute injuries. It's, are you actually doing what's best to allow proper healing to occur? Or are you just relying on ice, ice being the band-aid, just slapping ice on the injured area and going about the next day doing all the things that are not ideal to promote optimal healing. That's the big take-home point that I want to get across today. So to sum up everything, ice is a great tool. I think ice is good for minimizing excessive inflammation following an acute injury. I think ice is very good for controlling pain. I think ice is something that anytime you want to slow down cellular metabolism in that local area for a short amount of time and get some of the physiological cascading effects from that, that's what ice should be used for. But when it gets to returning to play or activity, I think everything needs to be addressed so that area of concern can withstand whatever you're throwing at that tissue and making sure that your whole body can support, move well, and perform to your optimal capabilities. I'm sure I'll have many more subtopics about icing and about how to address some of these areas, but this is something that I want to share today because it will really help people to understand, hmm, am I using ice as a crutch? Or am I using ice to do something that maybe it's not really meant to do? And are there areas that I'm overlooking that I need to address more? And the bottom line is that there are many other places in the world, other countries that do not use ice as excessively as we do, but they address some of these other areas. 
and their athletes actually are better off, I think, in the long run. And that's what this is all about. Not only performing at your optimal capability, but being able to perform optimally for as long as you possibly can by taking care of your body. And that's what I want you to think about with any of your previous injuries, nagging aches and pains. You want to figure out what's the best way to address them moving forward so that they do not become problematic. Thank you again for listening. And I hope that this was a valuable episode for many of you. Again, if you find value in it or you know other people that would find value in it, please share it. Please send it to them. Give them the link. Also, please share it on social media. Please give me any feedback that you may have. I'm always looking for what is helping the listeners the most, and I'm glad to hear all of your feedback. Again, you can connect with me on all my social media platforms at HNL Movement. You can contact me through email, andrew at hnlmovement.com, or on my website, hnlmovement.com, and I would love to connect or answer any of your questions. Again, please stay tuned. I have a lot of great guest episodes coming up. I have a lot of things rolling out in the very, very near future that I'm excited to share. So stay tuned for all of that. Again, if you haven't already, please sign up for my newsletter and you will get my free ebook, Essentials to Elevate Your Performance, where I talk more in depth about some of these concepts that I share on my podcast. You can go to my website and click the Get Started button to sign up for my newsletter and receive my ebook in return. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to my podcast so you get all of the new episodes every week. And if you like what you hear, please Give me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That would really mean a lot to me. And thank you again for all of your support. I will be back same time, same place next week. And have a great rest of your week. Aloha.